what's up gamers i don't have an idea for this intro that's why i said no you're not allowed to this time yeah that's fair it's, it's not no just no we're actually i'm gonna take it back what's up gamers how are you <laughs> sorry i'm uh hi my name is annoying hi my name is confused <laughs> sorry <laughs> did you do the rewind bit that people shouldn't do <laughs> I did, and it was terrible. Sorry. We no, can, you're good. Hey, listen, I I love the energy in the studio tonight. We're in two separate studios, and by studio, I mean bedroom. That's why I love the energy. Anyway, I'm James. <laughs> I'm Allison. It's hot in my room, and I'm kind of sick, so I'm a little weird. Sorry. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you're going to love this one, then. Uh, oh. I'm here with a tabletop game for the first time in a little Ooh, bit. I think we've had kind yeah. of a video game spell here. Um, but yeah. I wanted to talk to you about a tabletop RPG because I love Ooh. those guys and I want more people to play more of them. Uh, and we're going to do one of my favorite ones today. Monster of the Week. Oh, I like Monsters of the Week. Monster of the Week shows have always been like some of my favorites. So I'm actually kind of excited about that. What, what What's going on? Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty much exactly that. It's a game that takes that, oh, Monster of the Week kind of TV show formula or book formula, however you want to do it, uh, and turns it into a game that you can play and experience for yourself. Uh, it's made by Michael Sands. Uh, it was created in 2012, the first edition, I believe. Uh, the second edition is the one that's current now. Uh, it's published by Evil Hat Productions. Um, and they have a little blurb in the back of the book where it mentions all the different shows and movies and books and all that that it's inspired by. Things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Supernatural, the X-Files, the Dresden Files, all the other files, uh, all of those. It even mentions Doctor Who, which I don't tend to think of. No, Doctor Who is definitely a Monster of the Week show, like 100%. Yeah, it absolutely is. It feels a little weird because it's more sci-fi than it is the sort of uh, standard setting for a lot of what you'd think of. Uh, and the standard setting for Monster of the Week as well. Uh, that sort mm. of urban fantasy, uh, semi-realistic monsters in the real world kind of thing. Um, yeah. But you, honestly, you can take that and do anything with it. Uh, and the the nice thing about Monster of the Week is it very much wants to sort of emulate or pay homage to that type of show. Uh, and you see that even from the beginning when you're creating a character for this game. Uh, it's a pretty simple game uh, where you roll 2d6 almost every time you're trying to do something. It'll just be roll 2d6, add them up, see what the result is. Usually it's going to be a 10 or above is a pretty solid success. Uh, a 7 to 9 is going to be a, eh, you did okay, but something else is going to happen too. And then below that is you fail horribly and bad things are going to happen to you. Okay. But when you're creating these characters, they make it very clear. These characters that you're building are different archetypes. The playbooks are the things that you uh, put together to make your characters. And all of these playbooks are based on uh, general types of characters and not so much any one specific like set of powers or anything. I was really hoping you would say that. I was thinking like Scream Queen and like all the different like horror archetypes of like mm -hmm. characters and horror shows. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there is a there's a playbook for a member of an agency and you have all these moves to like deal with the agency you're a part of or to like flash your badge and stuff like that. 
there's another playbook based off of, oh, you are the the spooky haunted character that accesses their dark powers. Uh, there's the traditional uh, heroic, supernatural, kind of angelic main character type uh, playbook Castiel. as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, every playbook, I think, mentions different character inspirations from these shows that it kind of draws from. I think Cat's Tale awesome. is literally one of them. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so good. And every playbook has these moves to it, too. The moves are sort of the actions that you can take in the game. Uh, this isn't a tactical game. This isn't a minifigures on a board kind of game. It's a very narrative one person describes the scene and then everybody else says, oh, here's what I'm doing to investigate. Or here's what I'm doing as hints of the monster start creeping into the story. Or here's how I try to shoot it and run away kind of thing. Um, the general loop of the game is you have this team of hunters you've created. Hunters are the player characters. Uh, everybody but the one person who's running the game. I've uh, the, the the game master is a hunter. Uh, and you all are, again, these different archetypes that come together. You literally are not allowed to have two hunters with the same archetype in a game because you're not just playing that character. You are playing that type of character throughout mm -hmm. the game. That makes sense. Yeah. So you take these different character types that each person has chosen and you put them into a mystery. And that's the yeah. other part I love of this game, too. The tools for creating and exploring mysteries are very interesting and well-rounded in a way that I've not seen in many other games. Because most games, it's, oh, you have this sort of situation you've set up how to get through it. But it's not so much built for... Uh, creating a question mark and having people explore it and trying to find out what's going on. Uh, but this game is specifically built for that. It's specifically built for something supernatural is going on and you don't know exactly what it is, but you have to go figure it out and stop it. So there are a lot of tools in there for how to create the monster and how to hint at its presence, how to leave evidence of it being there uh, and all of the different moves that the hunters can make uh find different ways to kind of ask questions about the monster what it's doing where it's been uh what it's going to do next um there's a feature i really love uh that they recommend using called the countdown clock where you make different stages of what the monster would do if the hunters weren't here and so you always have that kind of line to go back to where even if the hunters interfere, these are probably what the monster's goals are. There are just tools like that throughout the entire book. And there's also uh, kind of suggestions for, okay, you've solved one mystery. How do you keep this going? How do you tie mysteries together? How do you develop characters further? Uh, every time a character fails a role, they get a little bit of experience that you can use to level up. Uh, and when you level up, you can take more moves or improve yourself a little bit. And it's a lot of your characters improving, not just getting stronger, but getting smarter and learning kind of how to deal with monsters better as they do more. Uh, so it's this really, really effective game for setting up this different weird creature that people have never seen before. But the people that you're playing with have the tools to figure out what it is and how to defeat it or otherwise take care of it and stop whatever bad thing is happening from happening interesting it does 
from what you've told me so far, I already kind of want to play this game. It sounds like a lot of fun. I like I like the games that are very theater of the mind, where instead of like having to worry about a board and like where locations are, you're 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 more so trying to figure out like how do I solve this problem. You're more you're more focused on like what is going on narratively and not like placement wise and strategy wise. Um, also, like one of the things that you said that I think is super neat that would I not necessarily glossed over. You just we're moving on to other information um was uh i like the idea of like each uh, like each campaign being made up of these different archetypes and some of them probably are like people will definitely have their inspiration from like a, a monster of the week show that they've played and then like bringing archetypes of different characters from different shows together to make this ragtag team that's going to solve a mystery is super neat being very mystery focused is also like super interesting and in that it's not so much laid out of like, Oh, we're going to go beat the big bad. It's like, how do we figure out who the big bad is and get to there anyways? Like there, there's a lot of questions there that I think are very fun to play with. Exactly. Yeah. That's the part of the game that intrigues me. The also what you said uh, about some of the mechanics and the way that it plays does actually kind of remind me very funnily of laser feelings, which I played for the first <laughs> time with you. Um, and that you roll two dice, your sum of those dice determines whether or not you make a succeeding throw or a failing throw. Um, it's not really, there is kind of like a plot point of like, you have this monster and it gives you tools to get to the mystery. Whereas in the other one, it's like, it's this situation. Here are some tools to figure out how to resolve that in whatever way you kind of determine. Mm -hmm. Um, there are some, some interesting, I feel like overlaps there, but they're not identical. There is definitely like a delineation there that I find to be interesting. I would, I would like to, I would like to play around with that. That seems very fun. Yeah, honestly, I hadn't really connected those dots until you said it. And yeah, there are some similarities. Uh, Monster of the Week is a bigger game than that. It's not necessarily yeah. a big game. Like way long ago, we talked about Pathfinder. It's not that level of dense <laughs> yeah. and complicated, that kind of thing. It's still a very simple, streamlined style of game. In fact, uh, it uses the, what is it? The Apocalypse World Engine, powered by the Apocalypse um, okay. which is based on Apocalypse World, which is another fantastic game. I haven't played that one as much, uh, but it uses the same uh, basic framework of you roll two dice to make these moves. You have playbooks, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, Monster of the Week takes that and turns it into a mystery, like supernatural Scooby-Doo type game. Uh, and yeah. I, I just wow. absolutely love the effort they put into making that mystery solving aspect of it work so well. It's so great. Yeah, 100%. That sounds super, super fun. You also just made me realize the thing that got me interested in Monster of the Week stuff is Scooby-Doo. I, I never connected that dot until literally just this moment. Oh, and absolutely. I was obsessed with Scooby-Doo as a kid. I love that show, and it got it got me into monsters. Um, oh, Scooby-Doo is the OG. I had a, a VHS tape of a couple of those episodes, which, oh, that's such an old sentence. Um, oh. But... <laughs> <laughs> I had episodes. I also had some of the movies. I had VHS on VHS. Mm -hmm. My favorite was the uh, the one where they go is in Louisiana, the the haunted island with the zombies. I think it was like Zombie Island or something like that. It was a good one. I think yeah, Mystery um, of Zombie Island or something like that. I don't yeah, know. I didn't like watch that. many of the movies, but I like the movies. The movies are good. That's um, mm -hmm. neither here nor there. Um, this game sounds really fascinating. Uh, yeah. 
I had a question and it escaped me because I was thinking about a rut row raggy uh, and <laughs> Scooby Dooby Doo. I um, mean, there are recommendations in this game for. Can I play as a talking dog? It probably wouldn't be too hard. I don't think you necessarily <laughs> have to be. No, I I think the playbooks generally tend towards you are usually a person. Um, okay. But it, it wouldn't take okay. too much of a stretch to make yourself a talking dog instead. I'm um, sure we could figure it out. Yeah, but there are recommendations in the game as well for why are you all together? Why are you all in this monster hunting scenario at the same time? And there are recommendations like, oh, we're we're the mystery gang where we're just traveling around in a car solving mysteries. There's also things like, oh, you're the monster hunting family or, oh, you all work for an agency. Like if you have one of those uh, agent playbooks, you create this uh, society, th this th uh, this group of people, and then everyone else can also be working for them or working with them. But there's only one character that is the stereotypical agent that like takes point and interacts with the agency it's it's stuff like that all throughout it's really well structured and the language of it is really well written too where it's specific enough language that you know what it's referencing and what flavor it's kind of trying to give you but also general enough that you can absolutely make your own character and be creative with the tools it gives you that's super fun that's the thing that I really like about TTRPG is that you don't get from video games, which, as you said, we've been talking about a lot. I, I have pretty much all my gaming experience in video games, but uh, please stop looking at me. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> talking to my dog. Um, rut row. But uh, <laughs> rut row. Rut row, Riley. Uh, but uh, <laughs> video games kind of give you a, a catered experience of like, this is what we're doing. This is the plot. This is where you go. And tabletop gives you a lot more openness of like, yeah, uh, here are some tools to figure out what's going on. But we don't really know because you haven't made the game yet. And it's like, oh, I got to I got to do the game making part. Like, I have to make the fun. You gave me rules, but I have to make the fun part. Whereas the other way around, it's like, oh, here's rules and the fun part. Just play it and get it over with, which, yes. uh, yeah, very interesting, like dichotomy for video games and tabletop. But I do want to explore tabletop so much more because every time you talk about it, I just find it so much more fascinating. It's it's so great. That exact thing that you're talking about where it's like, oh, you are in charge of what happens. You have to be creating the interesting parts is, is the stuff I love about tabletop uh, RPGs. Uh, and that's something this game does really well. Uh, you were talking about, oh, you're you're not prescribed things as much as you are in video games. You're kind of making things up on your own. And it reminded me just of all the tools that there are in this book to create your own monsters. Uh, there are guidelines and examples uh, and different things it recommends you set up about each monster. But you can take it and turn it into whatever you want it to mean. Like maybe this monster has uh, armor because it's got a thick hide, or maybe it's got armor because it's naturally just very sturdy or it's very large, uh, or it's intangible and you have to find a way to like make it tangible before you attack it. Um, all of these different uh, tools on both sides for the person running the game, it's, okay, how do I make a monster? How do I make people? Uh, that's another thing real quick that I'll touch on. Uh, the book also goes to great lengths to make the environment that you're working in seem like an environment where people are actually living. 
there are rules for making bystanders who will either give you information or give you bad information or exist just to get themselves into trouble or, or for any number of reasons. It it encourages you to put people in there that aren't just the hunters and the monster so that there are things for you to interact with. There's tools for setting up minions of the monster. There's tools for setting up different locations where it treats the locations with like the same agency that a character would have where it's like oh what does this location want to have happen like you're watching a show and there's a location that immediately gives you these vibes of like oh they're in a maze they're going to get lost and confused or oh they are in this place where a bunch of people are going to come together and solve the mystery uh there are all these different ways to flesh out the world around you with people places things uh, that really make it a fun game to uh, run as well as play. That's awesome. That, there's so much that goes into these games. Genuinely, that also is one of my favorite parts of TTRPGs. And I know like it sounds silly, but I really love reading through some of these guides and some of these like instruction manuals and seeing what they have to like give the game and how they how they outline these vague rules of like, hey, Here's some guidelines. They're not necessarily hard and fast, but here's here's some bumper rails to keep you on course. Um, and they're really easy to jump. So if you want to hop over them, you can kind of bend them around a little bit. But like yeah. genuinely, if you just want to stay on the path and figure out this game, here's some some quick rules. And reading through those is always fascinating because there's always a little bit of a flavor of the person who's making it and the way that they're kind of envisioning this whole thing going out. Uh, you can kind of you get kind of a look into the the creator's mind, and I always find that so fascinating. I yeah yeah no, TTRPGs are so cool. Absolutely, every every tabletop game that exists that's small enough to have been written by one or a couple people, you absolutely get that feeling of oh, this is what they were going for. This was what was influencing them. This is kind of what they were thinking of while they wrote it. And they, if they're good, they can take that and turn it into gameplay mechanics and help you feel that same thing that they were trying to capture when they made it. And again, Monster of the Week does a fantastic job of capturing that specific supernatural mystery monster hunter vibe and giving it to you and letting you experience it in whatever way you want to set it up. That's so cool. I also am kind of curious as to could you I, I I'm guaranteeing you probably could, but <laughs> it would it would be very fun to set up a campaign to play through like your favorite episode of insert show, X-Files, Supernatural, Scooby-Doo, whatever. It's like, okay, so I kind of know that this is this episode of this show. I'm gonna make my players play through that episode and see if they can figure it out. Especially if like y'all are all big fans of like the same show or something like that. I feel like that could be like a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. It, it's clearly made by folks who were fans of that type of show. And yeah. you can see in a lot of the different individual descriptions for the different moves or characters or things. There's clearly like you will be able to sort of recreate these things that you've seen for yourself if you want to. You, you can yeah. get as original or as kind of copycat as you want. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Both seem like they would have their own unique like flavor of fun in them. Like mm -hmm. being highly original is definitely like very satisfying and creating your own story, but also like seeing if you can get anyone to pick up on the vibe that you put down of like, this is this episode. I want to <laughs> see if they'll like 
this is like one of we're we're dealing with the weeping angel from Doctor Who. I want to see mm-hmm. if anyone like pick up on that and like how fast people would be like, oh, this is this thing. Let's let's uh, let's deal with that in this way because I saw that the in this thing and then like maybe throw a wrench in it and like uh, that that sounds like a lot of fun to like play with people if you're DMing. Yeah, just start a timer and see how long it takes your players to realize that you're just playing through an episode of Gravity Falls. <laughs> yes i love that man gravity falls is the scooby-doo for the younger generation it really is there's there's definitely a niche carved out for that sort of supernatural monster of the week for kids yeah monster of the week in like spooky but not so spooky that it'll be scary and it's always based around the characters it's always how do these ostensibly normal people to to some degree uh, interact yeah. with all the wild and wacky stuff going on around them. And I think that's going to be entertaining in almost any medium. 100%. I'm I'm so excited. This is this sounds like a lot of fun. If we don't play this on our other show that has yet to come out and to be named, mm-hmm. um, I will be upset because, like, I genuinely want to play this game now. I love Monsters. I love Monster of the Week shows. Like, this is, like, 100% up my alley. You mm-hmm. you pick this because you knew that you would influence me. I know I know you. <laughs> actually genuinely i picked it because i'm playing a game of it right now every weekend oh. with just a couple college friends and we're having so an cool. absolute blast that sounds like so much fun yeah absolutely but for for those reasons that's why i think you should play this game hell yeah i 100 percent will at some point <laughs> fantastic i will do everything in my power to make that happen hell yeah uh but yeah until then uh i've been james i've been allison Uh, And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.